Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. I just want to warn you in advance in case there's any loud noises coming from outside of this room. Uh, as you know, today is a U.S. holiday, and so we are both off of work today, and Ellen has decided to go on a bit of a manic uh, early fall, uh, can't really call it spring cleaning fee. Spree? Fall. Spree is the fall. word I was looking at. Fall cleaning spree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is which is awesome. And uh, were I not doing this, I would be out helping her. And I think we should probably wrap this up quickly so I can go help. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that said, she's got a, a dope playlist of uh, bangers from the 90s and early 2000s. And as I closed yeah. the door, it was Shakira. Uh, so if I start singing Shakira, that's why. Uh, but just, you know, heads up if there's if there's noise. It's it's to be expected. It's you know it's just one of those days here in the Koi House. Yeah, yeah, just uh, cleaning out. Yeah, I think I need to do some fall cleaning. I got a whole bunch of equipment for my day job, and I still need to like organize it somewhere. Um, but it was fun getting all the packages. Speaking of getting uh, packages, yeah. so you guys are like, hey, why are you releasing an episode on like a Monday? Yeah. This is very random. It's it's, it's weird. Well, speaking of random, we randomly uh, got delivered this movie that actually is coming out on September 30th, uh, but we were able to share uh, our thoughts uh, on it a little bit early with you guys. Yeah, so let's let's take a moment and break that down real quick, because it was a couple years ago that we reached out to uh, the absolutely phenomenal Josh Rubin, and we were able to get a, an early advanced screener copy through Shudder, because it was a Shudder original of Scare Me. We reviewed yeah. it. We had Josh on the show. It was amazing. And like I said, that was like two years ago, and we haven't we don't we don't delve into Shutter that much because horror isn't really our our genre that we cover. Uh, we we leave that up to the professionals. Uh, but also, I don't like I don't personally have a membership to Shutter, although I think it's about time I signed up because like weird shit keeps ending up on there, and like it's kind of my jam. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know about you, but yeah, just like completely out of the blue, we get this email. Like you've been invited, uh, and it's sent directly to our night shift radio email addresses. Uh, and you know, like, here's this advanced screener, uh, embargo review embargo until September 12th. The film's released on September 30th, but like, but why? And we have no idea. We still have no context. There was no, yeah, there was no context whatsoever. It was just, it showed up and like, here's a screener. You've been invited to this screener. We're like, 
I've never even heard of this movie, <laughs> but like, I what? <laughs> and of course, the whoever sent this to us uh, probably guessed correctly, uh, or maybe they know us and realize that there's no fucking way we could resist that. <laughs> yeah, especially when you get the description of this movie. So the IMDb description of this movie is uh, set at an institute devoted to culinary and alimentary performance. A collective finds themselves embroiled in power struggles, artistic vendettas, and gastrointestinal disorders. So this film is called Flux Gourmet, uh, written and directed by Peter Strickland. Uh, and has a surprisingly wild cast, uh, including uh, yeah. a couple of names you will know, Asa Butterfield and Gwendolyn Christie. <laughs> yeah, which Asa Butterfield, of course, uh, most recently famous from Sex Education, but also from Ender's Game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then uh, Gwendolyn Christie of uh, Game of Thrones and the Sandman yes, fame. Yes, so. And which, like, before we even get into anything about this film, I need to point out, like, Asa Butterfield will always be uh young in my mind because of the parts that i've seen him play uh and so that kind of that, that like psychologically shrinks him a little bit but you realize when you see ace of butterfield on screen he is not a small person he is he's tall he's lanky uh yeah. and he is he's, he's not diminished in stature at all until you put him next to gwendolyn christie and then he looks like an absolute <laughs> fucking child <laughs> and it's because he's almost 30 too so like it's not like he's young young no but like he definitely i mean he it literally looks like me with my daughter like five years ago like it's <laughs> It's like an adult person and then like a little child, you know, but he's about to feel like he's, he's like six foot tall. Yeah. You see him next to any other member of this cast and he is like on par with, if not towering over them. And then he meets her. It's like, holy yeah. shit. This is amazing. Absolutely fucking I, amazing. Like, uh, Gwendolyn Christie in a couple of scenes is, is serving me up some Lady Dementrescu vibes. And, um... We all know how yeah. how fraught that is for the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think like if they ever did, I mean, I, you know, Gwendolyn Christie is six three, right? Like, yeah. so she's not like crazy crazy tall, but she's tall enough where it's like, wow, you're tall, mm -hmm. you know. And if they ever did that Resident Evil and brought that uh, character. It would have to be Gwendolyn Christie. And it's like, I, I feel like she would be the person for it. And like the thing is, like, it's not even necessarily that she is tall, it's that she has this presence that just yeah. absolutely fills the screen. And like, even like in so I feel like in Game of Thrones, what little I saw, they basically, because that show's so fucking toxic, they just like hyper masculinized her because that's the only way you could present a, a woman who wasn't dainty and feminine in a fantasy show. I don't know if that's true. I don't. I honestly don't. Yeah. But like that's the bitter taste that I get out of something like that. But then you see her presented here, and in some ways, like it almost feels like they they um, scripted and dressed her in a way to like diminish her, and yet she is still such a huge presence. It, it, she has very like flamboyant, like think Lady Gaga full on like outfits. Like it, they're they're absolutely amazing. But the Game of Thrones thing, she was a she wanted to be a knight. Basically, she was like, "Stop treating me like a girl. I okay. want to be a knight." It was one of those sort of uh, things. Her character was great in Game of Thrones, but I she just, definitely fucking, lacked a lot of screen time. I hated that show so much that like. And like, even if a character like gets exactly what they wanted, it still feels like it's the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was her, her whole like arc is just, it, it was great. I, yeah. She was such a great character in that show. Cause she gets exactly what she wants, but then she's like, oh shit, wait, hang on. Maybe I don't want this. And it was, it was great. It was really good. But either way. 
Flux Gourmet stars Gwendolyn Christie and Asa Butterfield, uh, a lot of other uh, actors in this one. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because in the top build cast on IMDb, they're not even listed as the top build, which when I first saw this before we actually watched the screener, I was like, oh, shit, is, are they not going to get a lot of screen time? Like, maybe they just sort of drop in. Like, I didn't expect Gwendolyn Christie to get as much screen time as she did uh-huh. and still wish that she got more. Oh, my God. And it's a lot. She's one of the main characters. Th- but I definitely was like, I wish she was in it more. It's an almost two-hour film, too. And I think yeah. the thing that I love the best ab- about this movie is that um, as we get into it a little bit, and we will do our best not to really spoil this because it, it is coming soon and we want you to be able to watch it for the first time uh, without like us fucking it up for you. Uh, but like this is hands down one of the fucking weirdest movies I've seen <laughs> in my life. And yet at the same time, every actor on screen is like they're acting their heart out at the fucking Globe in London. Like they are like you it's- you are going to pay attention to them. They have captured that moment and they are owning it. And it is positively Shakespearean classical Greek tragedy, like just squeezing every ounce out of every scene, and yet it's the most absurdist bullshit. <laughs> it is such a weird, weird movie, right? Like this, this movie. Every, every little bit of this movie, I was like, Who, "What fucking world is this? Like, what world is this?" Because this is the most insane, like, collection of people I have ever seen, and they're all together and i'm like well this is a recipe for disaster haha <laughs> recipe uh, get it gourmet michael uh, just before we hit record you told me like a one sentence synopsis of this film that i think captures it like nothing else yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a band fights over a flanger with their manager while a guy needs to fart that's uh <laughs> that's literally the better plot of this movie um and you may be like oh i get it like the guy's uptight no like literally actually he spends the movie being like i just have to fart but i'm surrounded by people and i'm trying to be polite that is literally his character arc it's amazing he's like avoiding having to fart around people that's the this man who is is tasked with essentially um documenting this residency that this one like so it's the the Sonic Culinary Institute or something like that. The Sonic Culinary Institute, yeah, yeah because they do. Uh, I've forgotten the term. It's, it's Sonic catering. Sonic, they call it Sonic catering. And so yeah. it's this this bizarre mix of like a like a cooking school, but also like musical performance art, uh, and it's very hands on, very messy. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And this man is tasked with documenting it in photo, in written form, doing interviews and whatnot. But he is under extreme gastric gastric distress for the entire movie. And you just like he's the narrator too. So we're getting all of this from his perspective as he's got the gut bubbles. <laughs> it's like all oh, this yeah. this poor man in this like stuffy uptight, like artsy, like uh, dinner parties and stuff like that. And he's just like, mm, everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a writer, but I'm forced into this bullshit. You've got the uh, doctor who's like ostensibly trying to help him figure this out, but mostly just having a lot of fun at the guy's expense and like poking fun in like all the like classical Greek texts that he hasn't read and stuff like that. You haven't read Hippocrates? Dr. Glock, <laughs> played by Richard Bremer, is again, like when I say that like every character on this, it, like, is taking us as the most serious role of their life 
and yet somehow also having the most fun of their life. I'm talking about Dr. Glock. It's 100%. So uh, Stones, who is the the character, the narrator, is actually played by Marcus Papadimitrio, uh, who was in a movie called Suntan, which is also a fantastic movie. Um, highly recommend if you haven't watched uh, Suntan. It's just a weird, weird movie about basically a loser guy who gets the attention of someone he would never get the attention of. And then it's kind of the emotions he goes through of realizing you know, maybe he's not getting the attention the way he thinks he is. Like, it just, it's like adult in high school awkward moment. It's, it's great. It's <laughs> a really, really good movie, but uh, he basically plays the same sort of character. And it's just, I, I love it because he's just so like stoic and straight faced through the whole thing as like, again, as he's just trying to literally and figuratively keep it all bottled up. <laughs> yeah. I, which, which like, Having to go through this and then having this this character who has these crazy, like, gastrointestinal issues throughout a film that's basically about them having to eat and then perform while eating makes this just such a torture of a character. Like, you would think... At first, I was like, "Ugh, I don't. I'm not really into this whole like farting, bad belly thing." I was like, "I don't know. This is kind of gross." But then, like as the film progresses, I'm like, "Oh man, I hope he gets the piece he needs." Yeah, like seriously. I hope he like my man. Every time he goes outside to like take care of things, somebody comes out and is like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Motherfucker, I just want to be alone. <laughs> like, leave me alone, please." And like the. <sighs> So like this, this is art house insanity, like start to finish, and yeah. uh, it it kind of has all the, the 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 trappings of that, and like it feels like it is it is a creation of someone who understands the like pretentious and sometimes just absolutely batshit world of uh, of art in a way so deep that like like putting it out there like this is their homage to just how fucking weird it is. And like, I, you know, you can't explain it. You can't, you can't really justify it. Like people just do weird shit and other people are like this masterpiece. And you know what? Sometimes it fucking is. Uh, but it also really, really shows a deep understanding of sound. Uh, not necessarily yeah. music. Um, I, I will say, cause uh, not all sounds are music, and not all music is sound. Uh, but <laughs> these people, like mm, the mm, the mm. characters, are basically like cooking. They're they're frying things in a pan. They've got like big soup pots boiling. They're mixing things in blenders. They're covering themselves in, in like fake blood and pretending to be a pig. Why not? Like all to make sounds. But these sounds are then running through like actual effects pedals, uh, which as Michael mentioned yeah. the the flanger that is a point of contention throughout. Which uh, like. Half the cast doesn't know what a flanger is, and I feel like that's an accurate reflection. Like, a lot of people watching this wouldn't know what a flanger is. It's just a fucking weird effects pedal, and I haven't heard anyone talk about a flanger in years, but, like, they do cool shit. And, like, you see them, like, every now and then, like, turning the knobs on a pedal to, to like, make the, like, the perfect sort of noise or like there's a a wah pedal subtly being used in the background it's really it's like the ending of the last song of a band who really fucking loves their effects pedals and wants like they're just they're not going to walk off that stage until they've left behind in just an absolute wall of noise and chaos uh and i'm talking about my brother (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean this definitely is one of those like uh i'm i'm not making music but i'm making 
artistic sound, right? Like, cause it, cause it isn't rhythmic uh, in any way. It is literally just like a journey through sound. And like it, how, how do I like really explain it? Because it is musical, but it's not, it is chaos, not. but it, it makes sense. And like, it just, it all fucking works in a really weird way. And it feels more like, it feels more like painting with noise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, that's, that's like the most apt, uh, uh, way to describe it. It is literally, yeah, just painting with noise. That's spot on. (laughs) And because that's, that's how this is. And it's cooking with noise. Basically Mm -hmm. it's taking those, the sounds of cooking, the meals that they're making, you know, and uh, the, our three bandmates, right. Uh, so, uh, Acer Butterfield plays, uh, Billy. He Um, he looks like it just like an an anime character come to life with his massive hair poofed out in front of his face uh in fact to the point where like there's a scene later on where they they all get dressed up in like bondage cat burglar outfits and try to do a do a crime and his hair is sticking out of the mask like that's how excessively they've done his hair (laughs) which is absolutely uh brilliant and then we have uh lamina who is played by uh ariana labed and then we have uh l who is played by uh fatma muhammad um and those are the three bandmates, and they've all been attached to this fellowship, um, which is run by uh, Gwendolyn Christie, who is uh, playing uh, Jan Stevens, the the head of this sort of uh, fellowship thing, which which basically, you know, it's an elite group, an elite school. They go, they learn, but they're performing every night for a crowd of art enthusiasts, of of flux gourmet in, in, uh, enthusiasts. Um, but then afterwards, they have orgies, which, you know, yeah, like, you do like you do at most fellowships. I mean, yeah. that, in, in my experience, is the way that most art fans show their appreciation after an exhibition or after a concert or anything. You just, you all go and, like, just have a massive orgy backstage. Like, that's just what, no, that doesn't happen. That's that, that's not how this goes. Yeah, and they they refer to it as paying tribute. Yeah. And you know, Stones describes the the scene of like you know after having to watch this performance, eat the meal they make, and then have to sit through this orgy the, the whole time, being like, "I just got a fart, man!" Like, <laughs> Poor man, just like just let me be, please. And he has to like sit and chronicle all of it. And of course, the the performers all have to give a an after dinner speech after the the dinner party and the, the performance and everything. And Els is all about like reading from this old like homemaker's guide and like deconstructing patriarchy and gender roles in the household. Uh, and Billy, like Billy, said his name was the Billy. Billy. Yep. Um, Billy's is about a time in like high school where he went on a. a like a trip and met a, a woman serving omelets at, at a hotel breakfast station and fell in love uh, as a teenager and, and they got ridiculed for that. And then um, the, uh, the the third one. Lamina. Lamina, thank you. Like, yeah. didn't remember any other names because I was so wrapped up in the absurdity of it all. Um, yeah. is, is like, that's her time to say like, fuck this, I'm out, sort of thing. Yeah. Like, it's like this, this constant conflict between this group of three people like who make no sense together, don't work well together at all, are kind of like railroaded by, by one member of the group, and yet they get together and make this just absolutely wild sonic canvas. It's true. So uh, at at some moments uh, throughout the film, all three of them are sitting with stones and they're sort of describing their journey and how they got there. 
pay attention to the story that all three of them say of how they got into this band Mm -hmm. because I realized by the time the third story happened, I was like, wait a minute. And it's really just, we're not going to, I won't talk about the moment because it's kind of a a fun discovery moment. But when all three of them are describing how they met each other and got into the band, and then by the time I hear the third story, I'm like, you guys are so fucked up. (laughs) Like every one of your stories is super fucked up and it was amazing. And it was just kind of like, oh, okay. All all right. Uh, But yeah. Uh, so there, there's a lot to this movie and Caleb said it is very thick art house. If, if like super duper art house style films are not your jam, uh, you know, this probably isn't going to be the film for you. You're going to spend two hours basically being like, this movie's really fucking weird. But if you love weird, if you love absurdist, if you love that art house film, mm-hmm. you're going to love this movie Yeah, because it is exactly that to, to the best way that you can do it. Yeah. Um, some quick content warnings. There is some nudity in this. Um, it's yep. designed to be, you know, somewhat tasteful as part of the performance and part of the orgies. But, like, it's not, like, heavily focused. It's not heavily sexualized. Um, there is um, there's some gross-out moments. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of gross-out moments. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the use of food and art and performance, and that can get a little bit, uh, a little bit out of hand at times. Um, a little bit of implied violence <laughs> uh, and, of course, uh, significant uh, gastrointestinal distress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's your your content warning uh, for the film. Um, also, this is uh, this film is um, both done in uh, Spanish, is it, or is it? Uh, so the languages listed on IMDb were like English and Hungarian. I think it's oh, like Hungarian. Um, that makes sense. But like, I swear that like L and uh, the the band at times were speaking French. I could be wrong about that, but it really seemed like they were. Um, but it's Stones that I was thinking because yeah. he's the one who speaks oh, uh, in his language. English, Greek, and German are the languages spoken. So his his commentary, his narration is probably in Greek. Then, oh yeah, it must be because it wasn't German. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so it was. Uh, yeah, so his was uh, speaking in Greek. But yeah, his his sort of narration is all done in Greek, whereas the rest of the film is done uh, mainly in English. So, which I think was a really fascinating choice, and the way like you have these. The, this small group of people isolated together in this remote English countryside sort of house, uh, like really lends itself well to like, we all understand each other, but then we have these separate moments of like, who knows what the fuck this person is saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, there's a lot of moments in this movie, like when they describe, uh, like the order of things. So like everybody sleeps in the same room, they all wake up, they all, uh, go to breakfast. They all take a silent walk together. Like it's all of these sort of like a thing in the whole time, you know, stones is like, this is the worst moment of my life. (laughs) Uh, and I just think it's, it's where we're living through the torment of it. And it's some absolutely phenomenal camera work throughout this though. Um, God, this Beautiful film. The use yeah. of lighting and colors. I mean, you can if you pop over to the NDB pro- profile, you can see even just like in some of the stills, like the blues and greens that they use and how they're kind of like muted and like almost like soften the entire thing against like their stark white robes and the color of the food. But then, of course, you have all these like really tight, close shots of like the food preparation, stuff like that. So like, you know, like a stock filmmaker's dream. Uh, like, I, oh, yeah. I got the perfect shot of a gas burner lighting, like that kind of shit. And like stuff that they probably spent like half a day to get just that on. And it fucking oh, works. Yeah. It like pays off. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and another thing with the sound design on this movie is absolutely insane. Yes. Uh, I wa- you know, I watched this movie with headphones. Yeah, um, same. You know, because it was a screener, so I had to do it through a browser. And uh, it paid off. I, I definitely... You you feel the music or the the uh, sonic uh, sonic catering culinary the sonic catering uh, around you and it definitely has that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you can watch it with headphones, highly recommend it. If you don't, I mean, you're not going to entirely lose out, but like I feel like there's a little, just a little bit that you might not feel as much as you should mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah, I would agree with that, and like I. I went full small screen experience. I mean, I sat on the, the couch here with iPad and my headphones on. And yeah, it was it was bizarrely immersive. It, it really is. It really <laughs> is. So this is our uh, quick little review of Flux Gourmet. So Flux Gourmet is going to be available on Shudder, uh, which is available via subscription service, um, on September 30th. So should you watch this movie, Caleb? I mean... As long as nothing that we've said so far has completely turned you off, I think you should give it a chance. Like I, I didn't, I obviously didn't know what to expect going this because neither of us had heard of it before. It, it dropped yeah. into our inbox, but uh, I could easily have just overlooked this and missed out on just a really weird trip. And it's one of those things where, like, if you can experience it once in your life, you should. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a few gross out moments, um, but I think if you if you can stomach them up front, they are wholly justified mm-hmm. uh, and they pay off yes. uh, in the end. You but, know, I'm not, I'm not one for super gross out moments as the ones shown, but they pay off in the end and it was totally worth it. And that's like, there is a lot of kind of extra footage throughout this film when I talk about like the the close-up shots the like things that could be stock footage and whatnot but like nothing in this no moment feels wasted uh in this and like every everything feels like it either like just belongs there as part of part of the narration or it has a payoff uh and that's kind of rare to say that like everything feels in its place in this film yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I mean, I, I don't think I could speak any more highly of Gwyneth and Christie's uh, performance in this movie. No. I think, I think like she plays the weirdo art house like role so well. Um, I, I I will say that there's only one like plot point that I kind of wish they would have talked about a little more. But even in the end, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that pays off. Yeah, <laughs> it works. I'm like, all right, yeah, all right. Like, like I wish you would have talked about it a little more. But uh, even though you didn't, in the end, I'm like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. If so. we're if we're thinking of the same thing, I think I I think it works that they didn't. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. Yeah, it just it it just feels very in the world, and you're kind of like, oh, I want to know more about that. But when you don't, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, I understand why I don't. That's but fair. like. It's fucking weird, and I love it. Yeah, she's absolutely phenomenal in this movie. Asa Butterfield, of course, phenomenal in this movie. You know, especially if you've seen him in, uh, most recently, Sex Education. Substantially different character, kind of on the flip side. Actually, his character from uh, Sex Education could really help Billy yes. Yes. Uh, in this film. He really, really could use somebody like uh, like Eric in in, uh, in his world uh, to help him get through his uh, sex feelings and understanding that you know his thoughts and feelings are okay 100 uh, percent agree 
Yeah. Uh, so there it is. Flux Gourmet available on Shutter September 30th. Uh, you know, we, we think you should watch this movie if you're if you're into weird movies, man, because it, it's it's a well, well crafted movie. It's a well written film. It's a well shot film. Uh, it sounds weird and great. Um, but, you know, it, it just feels in place. It's a good payoff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agreed. So, so uh, definitely, so there's our fun little bonus episode about Flux Gourmet. So let us know, you know, once September 30th drops. Obviously, we've dropped this a few weeks in advance. But uh, if you uh, watch this movie, what did you think of it? We would love to hear. Hit us up on Twitter at The Nahoit Podcast or on Instagram, same tag, The Nahoit Podcast. Um, but either way, as always, make sure to share with 100,000 of your closest art house friends. And then each of those 100,000 art house friends will subtly and without context drop a screener link into our emails and we'll have uh, stuff to review for the rest of this uh, the rest of time really I, I mean this is the way it should be this is what I'm thinking <laughs> so there it is everyone thanks a lot for joining us and we will see you uh, later this week for our She-Hulk episode 3 I can't decide if I'm hungry or not hello I'm M and I'm Eyes and welcome to our brand new podcast Tipples and Tolkien let us be your guides as we return to Middle-earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at TipplesTolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S-T-O-L-K-I-E-N, and Instagram, at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up. Pour yourself a drink. And come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien.